Welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 152. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Money himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freely. Good morning, Mark. <laughs> hey, good morning, Mike. That's a good nickname, Mr. Mark Money Pearson Freeland. I quite like that. I suppose you'd have to be the same, though, bearing in mind that we share pretty similar initials. Good morning, Mike. I know, just, just to confuse the hell out of everyone, how many times, Mark, have we had meetings with folks and they're like, okay, which one's Mark? Which one's Mark? <laughs> and, and what's bizarre for our listeners is we even have the same middle name. Oh my gosh. If you can oh, believe it. Just oh to make God. life so confusing. I can tell you the topic of today's show is certainly anything but confusing, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, hot off the track of last week's episode with Napoleon Hill, we are midway through our series on money, our first series on Money Mike, and today is episode 152, our second in the money series with none other than Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad, which, Mike, I think I've got to give a quick call out to, is probably one of the best-selling books and best-rated books that I've found on Amazon in recent memory. Well, I mean, he he's a total failure, Robert Kiyosaki, because <laughs> unlike Napoleon Hill, who has over 70 million copies, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he's only got a cool, what is it, 30, 35 million? I mean, what is this guy wow. doing? What's he doing? 30, only 35 million sales of his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, What the Rich Teach Their Kids About Money That the Poor and Middle Class Do Not. I mean, that's a pretty uh, impressive title nonetheless with 35 million sales. Mm. I think um, it's a really, uh, I mean, this is a total, you know, financial classic for anybody who wants to be, I think not only, um, you know, managing their money, I think finding a greater sense of prosperity and the mindset, it's not just the tactics, it's the mindset that goes with it. And isn't it interesting, Mark, that both Napoleon Hill and Robert Kiyosaki, they both, in order to get us in the right place with money, have to go right up into mindset, ethos, almost, they're almost philosophical in how they think about it. Yeah, I just want to remind yourself and, and our listeners, Mike, that one of the core themes, topics, and lessons that Napoleon Hill was calling out to us in last week's show was the idea of conscious versus subconscious thinking. And I think you're totally right. That's a really focused attitude that you've got to have when you think about your mindset, your conscious reactions versus your subconscious reactions mm -hmm. and your thought processes. And isn't it interesting like you say, when you connect subconscious and conscious thinking, mentality, you might be able to put that into action in your day-to-day -day working life, how mm. you react to situations that maybe test your patience, maybe stress you out a little bit. But isn't it funny that you can apply the same level of thinking, both proactive actions as well as mentality into something that is uh, you know, as important as your finances and your money. I, mean, I didn't really expect us to go down this route when we began this series. Yeah, and, and what we've got ahead for you, our listeners, is a really deep dive into his work at both a very practical uh, financial management level, but also the mindset, which I'm going to argue, we have like an intersection between, say, the growth mindset that Carol Dweck uh, really brought to life and that we've studied here on this show and also 
Robert Kiyosaki goes even further and he says like, you know, your level of prosperity is a direct result of your level of ownership of the situation. There are no excuses for anybody is where he's coming from. So he's a little bit yucko willink and like, it's all about you acknowledging, accepting, and taking full responsibility for your financial situation. Very powerful stuff, Mark. And it's all ahead of us in this show. I mean, this one, this one is big and it's a great build on Napoleon Hill, isn't it? Great build on Napoleon Hill. But again, like you say, it is sharp. If Mm. you're not going to take ownership of your finances, nobody else will. And the truth is, yeah, maybe it feels a little bit intimidating, but we all have the power to take a moment, take a look at our finances and have confidence by understanding what's going on. And I think to be totally honest with you, Mike, it's something that I've always taken for granted. And I've just allowed, I haven't really done too much. I've done a little bit of money management, but I just kind of leave things in a in a saving account and all that sort of thing. I'm not really maximizing it enough. So Ooh, the money series- Kiyosaki, you'd be in trouble with him if you're exactly. just leaving your money in the savings account. <laughs> exactly. So I'm really excited at the prospect of learning, you know, practical pieces of advice and tips on my money management in order to maximize the, the experience that I have with, with finances. Fantastic. Well, with no further ado, let's jump into the world of Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And we're going to start things where he's having an interview and talking about the greatest lesson to learn. You know, I re-listened to your book on the flight over from London and I hadn't listened to it in maybe six years. And the first time I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I thought it was a book about money. But when I, when I listened to it a couple of days ago, I saw it differently. I saw it as a book about fear, about self-knowledge, about mindset, because you're just describing these people and they're, they're in this world that they don't want to to acknowledge that they're in. It's almost a prison in their own mind. Right. Is that what you were trying to get across when you wrote that book? Well, I don't know what I was trying to get across. I just, um, the real, the, the fact of the matter was I created this board game called cash flow. Yeah. And I couldn't sell the board game. So I had to write a brochure and the brochure I wrote was rich dad, poor dad. So cash flow came out in 1996 and money. I mean, rich dad, poor dad came out in 97. So the real fact of the matter is cash flow is about accounting. Rich dad, poor dad is a book on accounting, income statement, balance sheet, statement of cash flow. But if you've ever taken accounting courses, there is no more course more boring than accounting. So to have Rich Dad, Poor Dad be a book on accounting and be the number one personal finance book of all times, that says something. And it it sold the cash flow game. And today there's thousands of cash flow clubs all over the world. And the mission statement was people teaching people. You can bypass that school system because the school system will never teach you about money. The school system was designed to teach you to be an employee, which is important or a doctor or a lawyer, a specialist, but never about money. So once I got old enough and I'd already retired and I was rich and I was fairly well off, it was kind of a social conscience. I said, I have to share what I know. So that's why and it took till 1996 for the cash flow board game to come out because I could see this crash coming, which came out in 1998. And then Rich Dad Poor Dad came in 97. And um, the story goes, every publisher turned me down. They said, 
you don't know what you're talking about. Because I said, savers were losers. Your house is not an asset, and the rich don't work for money. And so the publishers are like my dad, academic superstars, you know, they're the A students in school. And um, so they turned the book down. And it took going by self-published route. You know, a lot of network marketing companies picked up the book, like Amway and those guys. And they picked up the book to help recruit because it's about financial independence. They're about the same thing I am. And then Oprah called in 2000. And then the next time I'm on Oprah, and I went from obscurity to world famous in overnight success in 2000. And the book has been on the New York Times bestsellers for seven years until the New York Times took it off. They said it had been on too long. The book that had been on the New York Times bestseller for too long, Mike. I mean, again, isn't that crazy? It's it's nuts how popular and uh, significant this book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, has been over the years. Bearing in mind, it was published back in 1997. I mean, there's still so many applicable lessons and recommendations that you and I and our listeners will dig into today. Um, but I think I, I just want to call out something that, that Robert Kiyosaki really specifies in that introduction clip for us, Mike, is this a- acknowledgement that you can take ownership. And if you don't, uh, it's possibly because you haven't been educated. You, know, you don't really teach money management within schools. So that's, that's to be expected, I think. But what he's calling out is the book's really all about just helping you understand and achieve financial independence. And I think that's worth us calling out now, because I guess what you might be thinking is, okay, well, this book is going to teach me how to get rich. When actually really what it's calling out is, you know, you're trying to achieve financial independence, which in Mm. its own way is becoming rich. Yes. Yes, and I think that we had that same theme somewhat with Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich. I think it's the riches of life. It is prosperity of goodness, wellness, choice, optionality, as opposed to being trapped. Exactly. Right? That That's exactly it. I think that's really what it what. Robert Kiyosaki's calling out here. He's not necessarily saying, hey, you're going to go out and own many, many big houses and drive Maseratis. I think what he's saying is if you can understand and achieve that financial independence, you are rich because you can live the life that you want to live. And I think that Mm. in, in its own way is really what we're all looking for, isn't it? It really is. And, and, uh, you know, the classic thing that, this book does is it gives you a a means for both pride and independence and, and options in life. But I think it's another look in on the lesson of you must take ownership for your situation. I mean, he, he, what we will reveal over the course of this conversation and looking at the work and the ideas inside of rich dad, poor dad is you got to take ownership and make better decisions. If you've got like $1, you can choose to invest that in something that's going to grow or not. And that choice is yours. And that's what the whole book is about, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about taking ownership, acknowledging the situation, seeing it for what it truly is, rather than allowing yourself to be uh, distracted or, or 
having your opinion taken over by things that are outside of your control, which again, Mike, is very spot on with a lot of the key lessons that you and I and our listeners run into throughout the Moonshot Show. Totally. And talking about our listeners, boy, do we have a growing uh, base of members who are just fantastic. They're sending us suggestions, asking us questions. Have we got something on this? And um, I think it is only fitting that we do, as we have started to do over the last few shows, we do a bit of a roll call for all of those people who have decided to become a member. And these members, they get access to our Moonshots Master Series. They get a chance to share ideas with each other. It's really easy to manage. You just head over to moonshots.io and click on members and that'll take you to Patreon. And you can support us because, boy, we got lots of bills to pay on this podcast, don't we, Mark? I mean, we have various different hosting um, that we have for the website. We need to have a couple for, for podcasting. Like we're going to pay the bills, ladies and gentlemen, and it's all in service to you. So we would love it if you can get out your browser, head over to moonshots.io and become a member. And Mark, let's, let's celebrate like shout outs. Who's, who's, who's a member. And uh, I saw we had some new members, so let's shout them out. Yep. Drum roll, ladies and gentlemen. Dun, 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 dun. We have a number of new uh, members from the Patreon site. I'd like to call out everybody new as well as existing members from the Moonshot Show. We've got Marjan, Yaniv, Helena, Mark, and Byron, Tom, Dietmar, Ken, Marjolin, Sandy, Niall, Bridie, and Terry, John, Nils, and Bob. Welcome and thank you all for listening, joining us on our moonshot lunar powered dose of excitement and education <laughs> that we go on every single week and month. Uh, thank you for being part of the moonshot team, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. So uh, if you're listening to the show right now and thinking, huh, do I become a member or not? Um, there's lots of goodies over there and we'd appreciate the support, the, the support because, hey, you know, there's like, over 41,000 listeners every month to our show. So our conversion rate to members could be just a little bit better. So if you're feeling uh, some good vibes, head over to moonshots.io, become a member. We'd certainly appreciate. We're very grateful for your support. And we really do hope that you can come to the Moonshots podcast, learn out loud, be the best version of yourself. And as far as today's show, let's get money working for us. Let's get in control. Let's have the right mindset uh, for building uh, our wealth and our prosperity so we can get the most out of life. And now we're going to start breaking down some serious practical advice from the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And we're going to start with one of our favorite uh, YouTube channels, The Swedish Investor. He's got a great breakdown coming up uh, of the book by Robert Kiyosaki. And we're going to start with this idea of the choice between assets and liabilities. Rich people buy assets. Poor people buy liabilities that they think are assets. My house is my greatest investment. My house is a liability. If your house is your greatest investment, you have problems. If you want to be rich, this is the main thing that you need to know. It's that simple. I know that you're shouting towards the screen right now in disbelief. Well, why aren't everyone rich then? The equally simple answer is because people in general don't know what an asset is. 
Let's do a little test. Is your recently bought iPhone an asset? It isn't. Is your BMW an asset? Nope, definitely not. Is owning a part of a company an asset? Yep, absolutely. Is your house an asset? It isn't. Did you get 4 out of 4? In that case, great job. Then you probably already know what I'm about to say. An asset is something that puts money in your pocket. A liability is something that takes money out of your pocket. Let's look at how a rich person acts when making money compared to a poor person. The rich gets their income and straight away they buy assets. They buy assets such as stocks, bonds and real estate. Now in the long run, these resources will create even more cash for them in the future. The middle class earns their money from a good job, but the moment they get their salary, they spend it on liabilities, which they think are assets. Possessions such as TVs, cars or vacation homes. You might look rich and your friends might admire you for it, but you will never actually be rich practicing this. But isn't it risky to be in the stock market? What if there's another financial collapse? <laughs> Funny how people somehow justify buying an expensive car, which is a guaranteed money loss, while they think that buying financial assets is stupid because you might lose money. I love um, that. <laughs> how good is that? I think we were both about to say it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's just so spot on, but it's a reality. You just see it all around you, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's so tempting uh, when you, I, I, I guess the reason why people gravitate towards personal possessions. So what I mean by that are, are the liabilities, car technologies, like laptops, computers, phones, uh, houses is because there's something physical. I think, I think people will gravitate yeah. because then they can hold it and they can see it. And let's be honest, they can show off about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of status in there as well. And a bit of, um, uh, I think you probably find a lot of people justify, um, sort of it's a reward. Um, and I love this, um, this whole, um, point around the car and what people do when they have a bit of cash is they go and buy a car. And unless it's like a vintage Porsche, you're, almost guaranteed to be making a bad investment because cars literally depreciate as soon as you drive them off the lot, brand new. Um, so you can go and pick up a car that's say six months old and the haircut the owner has to take when selling that is enormous. Um, you know, any smart person, uh, if they want a new car, would probably consider leasing it, not buying it and would buy a car that's six to, to 18 months old because um, it's so heavily discounted as soon as it's uh, not technically, you know, brand new. And this is just a great example. How many times in life have either you, Mark, or, or me, or seen family and friends when they get that, uh, they get a little bit of cash and it goes on something like a car, like a fancy new thing. I mean, it's, it's something you see all the time, isn't it? It's it's funny how commonplace it is, um, because I think as you as you say, it almost feels like a reward. Oh well, I've done the hard yards, mm. or oh I I put up with whatever it was, so I'm going to reward myself. And for some reason, the reward always needs to be a physical item, doesn't it? Mm. And I think. If you were to interview or discuss 
a purchase that is of a substantial amount. Let's let's continue with the car story for now. If mm. you were to discuss with with a colleague or a friend or a family member, hey, do you remember that car you bought ten years ago when you when you got that money? Was it really worth spending all that money? I bet a lot of people, even if they weren't said out loud, would probably be thinking, hmm, I wish I'd taken uh, an extra beat to think about that. Because I think you're right. The depreciation is so substantial as soon as they drive it off the lot. Mm -hmm. And when they come to sell it, they're going to take another, you know, huge haircut that's going to disappoint them. I think there's a lot of stress an expectation that goes into owning a physical product like a car that actually you, you kind of only see the negatives of in the long run. And maybe in the short run, you're just kind of focused on, yeah, I want to drive really fast. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, um, let's say, you know, you do run into a little bit of uh, money. If, uh, if you just squirrel that away, put that in like a, an ETF, like even S and P 500 and just leave it. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it in 10 years. That thing is going to be so much more, uh, than what you put in like the return. If you can wait it out, right. If you just let it sit and not trade it like some crazy wall street bets kind of situation, it will accrue value and anything that grows in value like a business or a stock or a bond. This is what he's talking about. You have a choice. You can buy frivolous things or invest in things that will grow. And the beauty is once you get this habit going and you just put yourself on this set or forget mode, you just continually get your dividends or your, let's say you save a hundred bucks a month, just Put it away in a growth vehicle and don't go spending it and splurging and getting more clothes and more consumer electronics. If you do this over time, and here's the important thing, if you start this early enough, you can accrue a lot of value. You can accrue a lot of wealth. So if you're only waking up to this and you're like halfway through life, no problem. Get busy. If you're a younger listener, oh my gosh, even if it's $10 a week. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Putting it in assets and not liabilities. It's such an important choice. It goes right to the heart of the mindset that, that Robert Kiyosaki is talking about. Don't fall victim for buying lots of nice things that are liabilities. Make sure you're investing in assets, things that grow in value, that make, that, that create value in the world. Business, real assets that people can use that appreciate in value. So there's a, there's a bigger picture here. Of, it's almost like the growth mindset. Put your money into things that grow, right? Yeah. And, and it all starts by fully taking a look, taking a pause, taking a breath and thinking about that purchase, about that product, about that action that you're thinking about doing and questioning, okay, what is my intention? Why am I making this purchase? Is it something that I think is going to make money or is it in fact something that's going to take money away? And only by really fully understanding that expectation between assets and liabilities, can we then go out and fully uh, take ownership and control of our finances as well mm. as our, as our cash flow. And it's, it's really easy, isn't it? This day to, to invest. Like when I started investing, it was really 
such a hassle. But now with the likes of of Robin Hood or even just um, regular uh, financial providers are making it so much easier. You can just do it all on your phone. And the great thing is now there's lots of these things called ETFs, uh, which are just indexes of the market or certain categories, verticals or segments. So you can just, you know, you can get a very low cost fund, index fund, and just buy the S&P 500 just let set it and forget it. And another good thing you can do with these new apps is that you can um, you can tell your your investment provider that any dividend that you get um, from from your fund to just reinvest it back into the fund. So if your stocks have paid dividend, just say put it right back in, and it just continues growing. So the base is growing, everything is growing, um, and you can just put yourself on set and forget. And that's a really handy approach. Um, but I think the big thing here, Mark, is he's, he's like, you know, you have a choice, isn't he? And, and I think we forget uh, when we spend money that every time we spend something that is a liability, that money is gone. So it better have been worth it, which is a kind of a different way to look at a purchase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think we're going to come on to to really dig into this idea of of empowerment later on in today's show. But I think this is um, the crux of of taking ownership of your of your finances, particularly in a world now where we have applications, destinations online, and arguably it's probably never been easier to take ownership of your finances than it is right here, right now, mm. because of online banking, um, uh, cryptocurrency exchanges and, and all sorts of all sorts of exciting platforms. The the crux of it all comes down to education. The yeah. time you choose how much time you want to put into it, how much time you want to spend learning about it and becoming a master of it. We'll come on to talk about this a little bit more later. But I think it's just a really interesting as we consider assets versus liabilities, what's going to cost us, what's not, it all starts with creating that foundation of understanding the difference between the two of them and yes. understanding what, what I'm capable of doing. It's a, it's a choice, isn't it? And um, like once you're aware of that choice, like the world brings up lots of options and lots of questions. So we've got a little bit more thinking from Robert Kiyosaki on this, don't we? We do. This next clip that we've got uh, breaking down from um, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, by the Swedish investor is really all around how we should all, you and I and our listeners, we should stop focusing on our income and instead focus on those assets. Stop focusing on your income. Focus on your assets. Study hard so you can get a good job at a great company. No, study hard so you can find great companies to buy. Robert Kiyosaki's poor dad had a PhD, but was always in struggle with money. His rich dad didn't even finish high school, and yet he had an abundance. His PhD dad studied so many years just to get a few hundred extra in salary every month. On the other hand, his rich dad used those years to start acquiring assets. The rich focus on their asset column, while everyone else focuses on their income statement. I find this to be an interesting subject. If the average person were to get a pay cut by 2%, he would be furious. On the other hand, if he loses 2% in the stock market, which is his assets, he shrugs it off by blaming bad luck or bad asset managers. Yet, for some people, it's a worse situation to lose 2% of their assets than to lose 2% in salary. Salary levels are taken personal while asset levels are not. This is a common problem for poor people. Start to take responsibility of your investment decisions. Assets, assets, 
assets. I, did you hear that line, Mark? Don't focus on getting uh, a degree so that you can go and get a job for yeah. a business. Get a degree so you can buy a business. Yeah. How great is that? I, I love that. And I, and I think, again, building on what we were discussing in that previous, in the first clip, the assets and liability, again, it's focusing on spending your time using it productively and proactively in order to determine um, how to build assets. And by how to build assets, I mean, you know, accumulate assets, how to accumulate those assets and take responsibility for where you're investing that time as well as that money, rather than thinking, ah, oh, well, I'll just allow myself to go along with the sweep of, of normal day-to-day uh, -day life. Instead, I want to take ownership of the flow of that cash and really think about where I'm going to go and put it and where I'm going to spend that money. I think what Swedish Invest is breaking down for us in that clip for you and I and for our listeners is again calling out this idea of just take responsibility. Just yeah. own the choice. Yes. Own the choice and and actually start to to think more like an owner of a business, not a servant inside of a business. Not that that, that is wrong per se. And it's not that you wouldn't have a career uh, working for someone else. I think his point is build assets. Um, don't just say, hey, I'm getting a paycheck. Isn't this good? He's saying, well, where are you putting, like once you've paid some bills, like where are you putting the spare cash to work for you so that you can prosper, so you can have choices and options in life? And I, I, I like um it has a it has a, a ring of ownership to it though, doesn't it? When he's like, focus on what businesses you can buy, what businesses you can create. That all that that's quite challenging, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, and for for me, it's it's where my mind goes is focus on understanding those businesses, understanding mm. what makes them successful, understand. Mm how those businesses can be assets for you. So I think there's a part of it where Robert Kiyosaki is calling out, yeah, you can go out and create a business from scratch. I think he's also calling out, look at other businesses, learn what makes them work and actually apply those techniques into your personal approach yeah. to business as well. So I think there's almost a, a, a two-sided coin in there, which is, not only around those expectations that you're going to have with regards to money, practices, how you utilize and see assets versus liabilities, but also how you, you know, go out and really consider what you spend your time on. Is it learning? Is it creating products, creating businesses, or is it actually just putting in the hard yards, working for a big business, getting your paycheck? And becoming personally offended if you see a personal pay cut. <laughs> you know, I, I like I like that story where if you've lost two percent of the assets, oh, it's just a rough day on the S and P. Instead, if it's a personal pay cut, you take it personally. Oh, is it about my performance? I quite like mm. that freedom that would come from having you know less reliance on on an individual, more on a on a on an exchange of some kind. Yeah. It's again, what we see here is the best way uh, to approach money is 
really getting your mindset right because then you get at these junctures where you have the choice between asset and liability. You can focus on what makes a good asset. This is really the foundation, isn't it, of Robert Kiyosaki's work? It's the total foundation, uh, which again, it keeps on bringing you and I and Alyssa's back, Mike. It's all about mindset, isn't it? Mm. It's all about Mm. just resetting those expectations about money. It's not this taboo. We can all take a look at it and really break it down every single day. Now you're talking about mindset. I tell you what will prime your mindset is the Moonshot Master Series, Mark. Now this is a a podcast that you and I make in addition to the Moonshots podcast. It's where we go really super deep um, on a particular topic that we know is really big. We've done first principles, motivation. What else have have we done so far on the, the Master Series? One of my particular favorites, Mike, and I know it was a, it'll be a particular favorite with our Moonshots members, which is all about habits, cultivating mm. good habits that we can replicate and take action in day to day. That's a huge one. Yeah. And these are 90 minute shows that we do and we make them available to our members on Patreon. And separately, we are very excited to announce that because so many of you listen on uh, your iPhones via the Apple podcast app, which has a sort of a mixed uh, uh, sort of uh, status amongst listeners. Some people really get a bit frustrated with the app sometimes. Some people love it. I'm sort of somewhere in between. But the reality is that a lot of us are all listening to podcasts using that Apple podcast app. And we're really delighted to say that today you can go into your Apple podcast app and you can actually subscribe directly to the Moonshots Master Series as well. So if you're not really up for Patreon, well, we are now making it available on the Apple iOS podcast app. So just go over there type in Moonshots Master Series and you'll be able to subscribe to the Master Series. So if that's where you prefer to listen to your uh, podcast, you can get our Master Series, which just is next level in depth. It's like a true masterclass on the topics that we know help you uh, become the best version of yourself. So Mark, we're going to be producing a new uh, Moonshot Master Series What's the forthcoming episode going to be? The forthcoming episode is so relevant for all of us right now. It's your circle of influence. So really delving into how you and I and our members are able to really focus on what we can control, understand what we maybe can't control, and then come to terms with the circle of influence that we have around us in order Mm -hmm. to be more productive, more efficient, as well as happier. So I'm really excited to get into this brand new episode that we'll be releasing next month for our Moonshot members. Yeah, and it's funny, like your circle of control or circle of influence is exactly what um, Robert Kiyosaki is talking about in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You have the choice. Do you spend your money on assets or liabilities that is totally within your control? And that can have huge influence on um, where you go in life and the prosperity that you enjoy, the well-being you enjoy, the options that you have. And part of that journey is once you start getting your feet a little bit wet, um, you're really going to start diving into the world of money, finance, uh, and this whole idea of what is an asset is we're introduced to a very important topic, which is risk. You need to learn how to manage and accept risk to understand risk because I think uh, if you go back to, Mark, the introduction that we did, 
do you remember Robert Kiyosaki uh, and um, London Real? They were they were chatting and they were talking about fear, and fear is big with money, isn't it? Yeah, fear is something that really I think holds myself and probably a lot of our listeners back mm. when it comes to taking risks. So this next clip we've got, this next bit of advice that Swedish investor is breaking down for us from Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad is all about how we should learn to diversify our portfolios as well as manage risk. Don't diversify with too little money. When it comes to money, just play it safe. No, learn how to manage your risks. There is no reason to diversify your portfolio if you only have a small fortune. If you want to become rich, you must first be focused. Look at the top 5 richest people in the world. These are rankings from 2018. Jeff Bezos, net worth 112 billion, owner of Amazon. Bill Gates, net worth 90 billion, owner of Microsoft. Warren Buffett, net worth 84 billion, owner of Berkshire Hathaway. Bernard Hinault, net worth 72 billion, owner of LVMH. Mark Zuckerberg, Net worth 71 billion, owner of Facebook. Stefan Persson, net worth 17 billion, owner of HM. These people became rich not by being diversified, but by being focused. Don't do what the poor and middle class do, which is to put their few eggs into many baskets. Instead, focus and put them in a few ones. If your savings are small compared to your annual salary, I think this is especially true. Aim to get a yield that will have an impact on your life and go for diversification as soon as you require it well that will be tough to earn back through your daily job. In finance theory, it is argued that diversification reduces risk, but I would argue that risk is a result of uncertainty, which in turn is a consequence of lack of knowledge. Stay focused and you will have time to gather more information about each of your investments and, in turn, reduce your risk while keeping a high potential. Yeah, managing risk, uh, you know, like understanding this topic and how it influences you. You know, the classic thing is everybody uh, buys at the top and sells at the bottom. This is people who don't understand risk at all. (laughs) But if you think about it, Mark, if you're buying at the top, of a market, the asset is very expensive. And if you're freaking out because there's a dip, you're selling when it's undervalued. And uh, there are all these great sayings um, of, um, you know, great investors like Warren Buffett. He talks about when, uh, when the stock market is being greedy, he should be fearful. And when the stock market is fearful, he's greedy. Oh, that's nice. So let's unpack that for a second. What he's basically saying is when everyone's freaking out and saying, it's the end of the world, he knows that every seven to 10 years, the stock market for hundreds of years has increased in value. It just, you know, jumps around in between that seven-year period. It's what they often refer to as the cycle. So he's just like, oh, look, when things are down, I'll just buy up all the things that are bargain prices, which I think are fundamentally good companies that are just undervalued. Whereas if you think, you know, your early stage investors um, or your early investors, people who are not used to it, get all excited about some growth stock. So it's going straight through the roof and they just jump on and then it crashes. And then they're like, quick sell. This is like, you know, what Robert Kiyosaki is saying, don't do that understand risk. And one of the key tenets to doing so is diversification. Um, how do you think, um, isn't it funny? Like, like just to kind of call ourselves out, Mark, like nobody taught me about managing and understanding risk when I was a kid, like 
no one was teaching that stuff, were they? No, nobody taught me about really fully understanding the way you approach your money. So yes, I'm sure I was taught around saving money, you know, piggy banks, putting it aside for a rainy day. You know, these are all the classic kind of sayings that I think all of our parents and teachers probably drilled into us. But I don't think anybody really sat down and focused me on, okay, well, this is what it could take in order to really cultivate a rich portfolio of assets Mm -hmm. that can then become a way of supplementing your income or in fact, maybe even replacing it. Maybe this is a full-time job. And nobody really helped me fully understand that. And actually what ends up happening is you get a little bit older, maybe you see references in pop culture, maybe you read books about it, maybe you listen to uh, a pretty popular podcast, (laughs) which is doing a series on money. And that piques your interest. So what ends up happening is you go away and you do your own research. But at no point have you ever really had a sit down with with a family member or a friend or, or a teacher and actually been exposed to all these different lessons and techniques on whether it's managing risk or even understanding the difference between assets and liabilities. It doesn't really happen, does it? No. And, and I think... Um you know, that we could do like a whole podcast series on, on risk. I think the critical, some critical things that, that I've bumped into along the way is like, if you're going to spend money, um, on the stock market, it's money or, or crypto, it should be money that you don't need, um, in the next year. Mm. So if you kind of understand, like you could have some unexpected costs, no matter how good your budgeting is, there's always things that come up, right? Yeah. So you should always have your buffer. You know, a great thing about managing risk is any good financial advisor will tell you have six months salary um, put aside in case of a rainy day. Very good way to manage risk. Let's say you got some money left over. Um, if you're going to put that in the stock market, you should be prepared for it to sit there for seven years. So if you think you're going to need that money over the next seven years, don't put it in there because you'll be forced to sell at a time that is not good. In fact, the greatest investors, Warren Buffett again says his worst decision is ever is to sell a stock. So he basically understands that the stock market over time will always go up. So he just wants to buy. So he, <laughs> he says the act of selling is actually the worst decision you have to make. <laughs> but not all of us have that, that uh, privilege of opportunity. However, what I'm saying here is the way you can manage risk is like, so you don't freak out when things go up and down or sideways is that the money there, you don't need to call upon it. So you're not forced to sell. And one of the other good things you can do is don't check your stock or crypto app every day. This is another really good way to manage risk. Just let it tick away in the background. So you're not riding all the highs and lows with it. Just like Look at it maybe on a monthly basis if you can, if you can have that level of self-discipline. I'm going to admit, Mark, I have to work hard at not checking uh, my accounts. I'm going to be very honest here. But the point is that if you can create that detachment, you won't be as emotional, you won't be as vulnerable to the ups and downs, and it will help you manage the risk because what's in there, you can afford for it to go up and down or whatever because you're not going to need it in in the next coming days. For me, that's like really practical ways to manage risk. Have you 
have you encountered any practical kind of ways to manage risk when you think about finance and yeah. investing and stuff like that? I, th- I think a few years ago, you know, when it probably wasn't at the beginning of the, of the crypto time, but it was certainly becoming a little bit more popular. And I remember getting involved back then and it was very, uh, it was, it was a little bit of a mixed process for me actually, because it was probably the first time I'd, I'd got into such a volatile and slightly exciting space. And there was a time where I'd check it not only daily, I'd probably check it every hour <laughs> on mm. to see how, how it was reacting and responding. But what ended up happening was I, I just sat on it. I, I put it away, forgot about it to a certain extent until a number of years later. And that process was actually really, really handy. Just thinking mm. about making the investment, again, similar to what you were just saying about the seven years, Mm-mm. making some form of investment, whether it's in stocks, whether it's in crypto, whether it's whatever it might be, putting it aside and just knowing you're not going to flip it in the next few days or next couple of weeks, just be comfortable with sitting on it for a little bit. What's possible is it'll go, if you're lucky, it'll go up in time. And with mm. stock, the majority of the time is it it does. And I think that's the way I I manage risk, not only from a a kind of patience, so a long-term versus short-term consideration as I'm looking at getting into a particular particular opportunity. It's Mm. also about sitting back and just doing some hard work, just trying to learn about it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, there's another great saying about how you think about assets. It's not trying to time the market. It's about your time in the market. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So let me, let, let me break this down for you. And is you are a crazy man. If you think you can buy a stock, it's going to go up and you sell a stock and that you can, what we call beat the market, right? Mm-hmm. That you, you can, you can understand the ups and downs of the market. Any great investor will tell you that that is a total falsehood. That's why so many day traders, when you actually look at it, don't make any money because they are no smarter than the market. The way to think about managing risk is not trying to what they call time the market, get in when it's low and up and high, is just say, I know that long-term assets appreciate in value. And if I'm diversified enough, I can enjoy the benefits of that. So it's not about timing the market. It's about your time in the market. Isn't that powerful? Because that just frees you from trying to like, oh my God, am I picking the hottest stock? Just like, is it a good company? Buy, set and forget, and don't try and time the market. It changes everything, doesn't it? It it changes everything because it reframes the situation into, is it good for the market? Or, Mm. hey, does this stock work for me? Is this what I'm looking for? And again, that's the real call out that Kiyosaki's put into Rich Dad Poor Dad, isn't it? It's all about your situation. Take ownership of your management of money, of your financial flow, of your cash flow, of the way that you're doing things. And it can begin today. You don't need to wait for the bubble to burst. You don't need to wait for a brand new opportunity to come into the market. You can get in today. As you've already called out, Mike, there's hundreds of different uh, reputable and authentic apps and platforms out there. Get into it, take an interest. I think that's one of the key call outs that I had to 
go and personally, you know, experience. I had to sort of become interested in the space in order to read the news, read reports, get into um, the industry and get into it every day, take an interest uh, into it. And then you can start to unlock that kind of personal uh, 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 feedback from actually taking part. Mm. And it can be pretty Mm. exciting. Oh, it certainly can. And Robert Kiyosaki would be so proud of you because, you know, learning is a big part of his uh, recommendation to getting empowered and in control of your money. In fact, let's crank the clip from uh, the Swedish investor where he breaks down this idea of work to learn. Educate in personal finance. The love of money is the root of all evil. The lack of money is the root of all evil. Money is a form of power. Even more powerful, though, is financial education. Money without financial intelligence is money soon gone. This is the reason why famous people such as 50 Cent and Mike Tyson have been filing for bankruptcy even though they earn big time. One of the reasons why the rich get even richer, the poor get poorer, and the middle class struggles in debt is because the subject of money is taught at home, not in schools. Many of us learn personal finance from our parents. This means that if your parents aren't rich already, you need to start getting advice from somewhere else on how to do it. There are four parts of financial literacy that you should focus on, according to Robert Kiyosaki. Number one is accounting. Accounting is the ability to read numbers, be it numbers from an annual report or from your personal bank account. Number two is investing. This is the science of money making money. Number three is understanding the markets. At least you should understand the basic rules of supply and demand. Number four is the law, understanding the tax advantages and personal protection provided by corporations. Don't be afraid to spend your money on education that will improve your knowledge and develop skills necessary to beat your weaknesses. The author spent many thousands of dollars throughout his life on seminars, books, and so on. And guess what? The returns from these investments are unmatchable. Arrogant people often find this hard to do. They already know everything and rather talk about what they know than try to learn something new. Listening is more important than talking. If that weren't true, God would not have given us two ears and only one mouth. Wow. There you go. A, a little a little deep dive very, very quickly through a number of key points there, Mike. But I mean, we could almost have a show on each of those four, right? <laughs> we certainly could. We certainly could. Um, I think from an overview perspective, before we dig into those four, those four little little items, I think the cool the key call out there is managing money without financial education mm. might lead to loss. So yes, it's great and it's important to manage money and be in control of it yourself, but make sure you take the time to learn about it, to physically understand the impacts that you might experience when you're mm. going out to invest or, or utilize that money because you don't want to end up uh, leading to a loss or as 50 Cent and Mike Tyson <laughs> get name checked in that clip, uh, have, to, have to file for bankruptcy. Yeah. Look, you know, the interesting thing for me is like account, like if I was to like, like look into some key subjects around these, these four, this is, this is how I'd break it down. Accounting for me is just understanding whether it's personal or professionally, like what profit and loss looks like for, for the books. Right. The next one is like, in terms of investing, if you have a bit of money left over at the end of every month, where you're putting it and how you're going to make it work for you. Understanding, you know, for me, that's where we start to get into some higher order of things. I mean, they mentioned like law and legal setups. Um, 
big thing there is if you invest in your pension fund, many pension funds or 401ks in the US um, have massive tax benefits. Same thing here in Australia. If you put it, we have a pension system in Australia called superannuation. If you put your money there, like a 401k in the US, um, you are actually, uh, your tax treatment is, is a lot different. So for me, it's about understanding all of those vehicles, understanding the benefits of them. So there's a lot of things inside of this. I think what we can do in the show right now is make you aware you have these four key things. Um, these are four chapters, if you will, along your own personal journey to really getting empowered around money and financial um, literacy. I am still always learning uh, about this. Um, you know, this whole choice of liability and asset is constantly something um, that I wrestle with. It's something that is critical in setting yourself up for success. And, you know, I love the way um, th they paid off the idea that the, the reason that we should listen and learn so much is we were given two ears and only one mouth. I've never heard this saying before. I think it's <laughs> hilarious, Matt. Have you heard that before? No, I, I haven't. I think that's a great, um, a great little visual <laughs> device, isn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the reason you have two ears and one mouth is you should do twice as much uh, listening than talking. Love that. that is so good. That is so good. My, I think it's time to return to the author himself, Mr. Robert Kiyosaki, don't you? Yes, that's right. So one final clip, Mike, for you and I and for our listeners today, as we've dug into Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, it's only appropriate that we hear from the author himself, bring us home and really culminate a call to action for you as well as our listeners today. So let's hear one more time from Robert Kiyosaki breaking down the habit that we need to go and change. You see, people say, well, why don't you give the poor money? So the only problem with that is just creates more poor people. Give a man know. a fish, he fishes for the day or eats for the day. Yeah. You give a man a fish, you get a lot of people who want more fish, you know, but you teach them to fish. But you are the Robin Hood of knowledge because I see you giving this knowledge out and yeah. do, do the rich people cringe and say, don't tell them that, Robin? Yes, yes, yes. Don't tell people what, they, what you know. Right. Keep them poor. But, you know, unfortunately, the poor, as was in the Bible, I'm not real religious, the poor will always be amongst us. Because it starts up here. Right. It's that fear mentality. It's, it's in their words, you know, and the words become flesh. Again, I'm not really religious. I flunked out of Sunday school also. But when they say I can't afford it or I can't do that, they go down. They become what they say. And I made so many people, I, don't, I can't afford it. You think I made of money? Your mom used time. to say that. Your mom used to say that. My dad. Your dad. My PhD dad. He says, what do you think I am? Made of money? I can't afford that. And my rich dad would say, that's why he's poor. Poor people say, I can't afford it. I can't do that. I don't have time. Because this is an escape. It's an escape. You know what I mean? It's easy to say, I can't afford it. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I can't go to the gym. You know, when you, when you could go to the gym. But no, I can't. Truth is, I'm just too lazy to go to the gym. And you play it safe and you don't introduce new right. risks into your life. And right. so I have job security. Right. And your rich dad used to say what instead of, I can't afford it. How can I afford it? How can I do that? You know, what would it take or why should I do that? He says that a question opens a mind, a statement closes the mind. See, when you say I can't afford it, your mind shuts down and you become what you say. You know, like I struggle with weight. 
all the time. You were telling me that you were on a vegan diet and all that. Yeah. You know, I, I go on a vegan diet three times a year. It's one of the most miserable things in the whole world, but I had the discipline to do it for 21 days, and then I'm back to picking out again, you know. But the thing is, is that we become creatures of our own habits. And until we break the habit, we don't change. So I have, I have, I have my retreats twice a year, three days. People come from all over the world, and we study together. And this time we went back to spirituality. Spirituality, most people would, they can't believe what they're hearing from Robert Kiyosaki, that rich dad, poor dad, is, it should have been, was originally about spirituality because they think it's all about the money. It's yeah. not. Yeah. You know, people say, well, money is not that important to me. Then if money is not that important to you, money is not important to you. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't care about money. The money doesn't care about you. You know, it, the word does become flesh. Right. Or I'll never be rich. Or the favorite one is the rich are greedy. It's the poor that are greedy. You know, if you think about it, because to be rich, you have to give something. You know, you have to, I, I have to produce books and games and I, I purchase real estate. I provide housing, provide jobs and all that. That's why I'm rich. But greedy people produce nothing. Oh, no, it's the rich that are greedy. And I'm going, hey, sports fans, you know, you point a finger forward. Three apprenting backwards. Mm. Wow, that is big. Um, for me, Mark, what he sets up there and brings home is uh, it is like the absolute essence of his book. Um, you know, it's the essence of his work. Um, and I, I actually think that this is why it's so perfectly. Um, moonshotty because what he is framing for us here is that it is more than these tactics. It is this don't take the poor dad mindset, take the rich dad mindset. And so, you know, uh, he mentioned a couple of things there. Play it safe. That's the poor dad approach. Learn to manage risks. That's the rich dad. I'm not interested in money. Money is power. You know, that's the dichotomy here. Again, I can't afford it. Poor dad thinking. Rich dad thinking, how can I afford it? Um, poor dad creates an impressive resume. <laughs> Rich dad builds a solid financial plan. Mark, this to me, it is so much more than money, isn't it? Yeah, I think the key thing that I want to call out from that final clip that we heard from Robert Kiyosaki is his reference to exercise. And I think that sums it up perfectly for me. Much like exercise, much like good habits, it takes discipline. It takes discipline in how you react to things. Like you say, instead of blaming others, take responsibility. Instead of creating an impressive resume, build a solid financial plan. It takes discipline. It takes time to research, to learn, as well as to put into practice. And I think as we've seen from Napoleon Hill, as well as today with Robert Kiyosaki, it's all down to taking ownership and actually just having that discipline of creating a good model around yourself in order to manage your, your finances a little bit better. Yeah. And what, what's interesting uh, for me is that things like this learning and ownership are big themes for the Moonshots podcast and they come like exploding out of this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, ownership 
learning, being resilient, uh, creating options, um, you know, wealth and prosperity. It's all about thriving, being at your best. I mean, this is just such a great piece of work and what a great way into the world of money, which is usually either boring or a little bit sort of off topic. It's so good to get into it and and discover that it is a classics moonshot book, isn't it? It's a perfect moonshots book. And exactly like you say, it demonstrates and brings to life so many of the attributes, the topics, the themes that you and I and our listeners uncover each week, Mike. It all just stems from trying to be that best version of yourself. And sometimes it comes from mindset as well as just good old fashioned day-to-day habits that we can put into practice. Yeah, really, really perfect. Now, we covered a lot of things, um, both high level and very practical tactics that we can use around money. Which one is sticking in your mind? Which one are you going to return to? Uh, you know what? It's, it's a tough one, actually, but I think it's the, it's the honesty that you've got to have with your expectations and how you view assets and liabilities. Assets being things that make you money, liabilities being things that take money away. That's a big Mm. lesson for me. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's like this big fundamental truth that we can always, you know, come back to. It's really empowering. I mean, I love that one. I I love the work to learn and going back into that big four. I feel like there's a ton of work for me to do there, but Mark, for now, I just want to say thank you uh, to you for joining me on this adventure and joining you, all of our listeners. Um, we are so grateful for your for lending us your two ears as we have gone on a wild uh, journey into the world of money here on show 152, where we studied the work of Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And there were some big things for us to entertain. Number one, the big lesson is don't be trapped. Money is a mindset game. And then we had four big tactics. We have the choice. It's either an asset or a liability. We can choose where we put our money. Number two, focus on your income. Uh Uh-uh, baby. Focus on your assets. Number three, learn to manage your risk. You've got to give it a go. So don't freak out manage the risk, make wise decisions and keep on learning. This is tactic number four. There's so many different areas of wealth, accounting, tax, investing, understanding, all of those different mechanics. That's a big part of it. And most importantly, we wrapped it all up on breaking the habit to change. Don't fall for the poor dead mindset. Choose for the rich dad mentality. You will grow. You will be the best version of yourself. And if you do it with friends and family or us here at the Moonshots Podcast, you can learn out loud. Well, what an adventure into the world of money. We've got more to come. But for now, that's a wrap.